you and I talk a lot about like at scale, if you get a couple good ones, like it can change your life. Like literally, it's like life changing money. What's up, everybody? My name's Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. Our nation. Hey, STR Nation, before we get into this week's episode, first, I just want to say Happy New Year. I am ex- so excited for 2023 and the opportunities that we're going to have in this industry this year. And as being a loyal listener of the show, I wanted to give you a gift to make sure that you start 2023 off on the right foot. And that gift is a training that I gave at the STR Wealth Conference last year that outlines my three secret steps to success when it comes to goal setting and more importantly, goal achieving. Because the numbers show that more than 80% of people fall off their New Year's resolutions by February. And then those numbers continue to trail off after that. And I don't want that to happen to you. So I'm gonna give you this about 35 minute training completely free. I highly encourage you to go check it out. It will make a massive difference to you and your business this year. And you can get that for free at strsecrets.com slash keynote. And again, thank you so much for being a loyal listener. Now let's get back to the show. All right. What's going on, STR Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What's up, B? My brother. So good to see you. has been a minute. This is actually our very first recording of 2023. We did a lot of recording end of 22, so we were kind of just been writing it. And uh, wow, man. The year, the year is starting hot. We had our seven-figure event in Orlando, at which, for some reason, I was limping. My leg just decided to, to start breaking up like that. But life is life. And uh, yeah, man, life is good. So proud of our seven-figure group, man. Like, there's just people doing all kinds of super cool shit. And so just super, super motivating and just, you know, ironing out the final things. The Villas Reno is almost done. So all the, the, all the buildings... I've gotten painted, so once everything is done, I'll do I'll do a nice video, some before and after. And like that. like we said all the time, bro, it's just like we plan the work and work the plan, and then life also has plans for you to to work through as well. Nice. And doing the big rentals also like it's something that like you can be ready, you can be prepared. We tell people all the time, just go over like imagine you're gonna go like higher, like just put more in the budget always, so you're pleasantly surprised and you're not trying to squeeze money after the fact. And just assume things are going to take longer and problems happens and rain comes and, and all the good stuff and just, just kind of go with it, you know? Everything takes twice as long and costs twice as much. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So talking meetings. about that, you guys have also been up to some some pretty fun stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, we closed on the on the 57-unit hotel, so super pumped for that. Um, demos pretty much done. Just waiting on them for to issue us like the the plumbing permit now so we can get the bathrooms going. And like you said, already running into issues, few, few big issues. One of the, the second building we're finding out, we're tearing that down to the studs and, oh, I don't think there's enough electricity that's going to get to that building. So we need to <laughs> like bring in a new transformer. Like, I'm like, Jesus. So like, what do you mean? This is running like this this whole time. Like, how does it? Yeah. And then you're just like, you know, 
and you can't like you know it's it just has to be just has to be part of it you know and and you're just like if you're thinking that the reno is gonna go perfect you're just gonna be upset half of the time whereas instead if you just assume it that it's coming you know and just have and just have a really good like good team behind you where you're like okay guys we have this this opportunity this issue that has kind of come up for us what what can we do you know when we talk about like knowing your numbers too and like analyzing deals one of the attractive things to this deal was there's a 30 unit building that was built in the 90s that just needs like a renovation like new bathrooms new flooring new paint pretty basic the other building needs a full gut like down to the studs so it's like okay if we have issues with that one we can get this one operational in probably four months, five months max and generate income to cover all the expenses and some. Mm-hmm. So there, it's nice when you, when you have different options. So it's like, you want to stress test every single deal and look at like, all right, if this happens, like what could I do? Mm-hmm. Right. Or what could be the move? So yeah, man, we're excited. So a lot of good stuff going on. STR yep. WealthCon officially sold out. Super Boom. pumped for that. Yeah. Sold out, man. Boom. We'll see you guys in March in Nashville. Two months in advance, completely wow. sold out. Pretty stoked. I mean, wow. everybody's been talking about it. And the lineup is, is looking great for the bit that I know about it. So yeah, I don't see, you know. Plus, Nashville is always a good time. We always have fun in Nashville. So 100%. it's going to be good. 100%. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm, I'm really excited for today's guest. I had to reschedule a couple of times based on some of my scheduling conflicts. So I'm glad, I'm glad we could finally make it work. But uh Today on the show, we have Miss Julie Gates. She is a real estate investor, property manager, and agent living in beautiful Savannah, Georgia. Uh, Julie specializes in short-term rentals. Her favorite model is what she calls a long short, which is furnished rentals with a minimum stay of 30 nights or more. She manages short-term and 30-night-plus rentals in Savannah and in other locations around the U.S. She started a short-term rental management company. Sid was here in 2017. She named it after her son's squirrel rescue, which is named for his first rescue, Sid. Julie was recently featured in two sections of 30 Day Stay, a new release by Bigger Pockets. She is a real estate investor first, having started buying commercial property in 2005. Her portfolio is made up of commercial property, single family homes, multifamily homes, and one hotel, which we may talk about a little bit later in this episode. She spends most of her time doing property management and is also an agent with EXP Realty, focusing on out-of-state investors looking to invest in the Savannah market. Woo, hell of a bio. Welcome to the show, Julie. We're excited to have you. That's my short version. I'm over hey, the short version. Holy cow, yeah. imagine the long version, yeah. Awesome. No, it's good, <laughs> yeah. it's good. Whole, whole lot of good stuff in there, so. Well, the thing that's not in there is that I'm a licensed speech therapist, so I have a license to talk, and I just, I talk way too much, so that's... <laughs> It's, brevity is not one of my skills. I'm I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm, try I'm to usually pretty free. quiet, so we'll just let you take it and run with it. You move to this one point. And I'll just yeah, sit there and Mike is like that's 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 he all day. So you I'll, might regret saying that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I'd love to hear how you got into just real estate in general. Like, what got you into that path, and then what got you into the investing side back in mid 2000s with commercial? Okay, yeah, that's actually that's a great question. My husband and I are both very entrepreneurial minded and actually he really was more so than I, I was raised in a family where we just got a job and got a W2 and that was how it was. And so I have to really give him the credit. So we opened a business for him back in 2005. And so of course we hated the concept of paying rent to someone. I mean, it was a lot of money. We started out that way. We started out uh, his locations renting. 
And we said very quickly, we said, this is crazy. We need to be buying commercial. So that's actually what got us into commercial was that my husband grew his business to six locations. And we said, we, this is crazy. So we just started buying the real estate. And before we opened a new location, we started buying. And then as we, as the leases expired, we'd buy something for that office. So it was kind of neat. It's a neat way to get into commercial. Uh, commercial is expensive and kind of complicated. And I'm still getting used to it to this day, to be honest with you. There's a reason that it's like a level up from single family, I have to say. But yep, that's how we started. And some, you know, parts of it, we run out to others. Some of it, it's an entire building just held by his business. And as we've been kind of shrieking his business back down, actually. And so I'm now leasing those out. So uh, I am really proud to be a commercial investor. It's great. We have one for yeah. sale right now. But yeah, it's so very you interesting. It's how to hack it, in a sense. It was almost like how you, you house hacked your office. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like oh, you absolutely. Of, like, you know what I mean? Like you pretty much just bought. Yeah. Imagine for a, for a normal residential investor, you bought a three unit or a fourplex and you guys kept one to yourself and then rented yes. out the other three units and just hack it. That's brilliant. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I wish and I could say we just totally knew it, but we, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah you're like everything, everything looking back, it's like, we were so, so smart. That was such a great idea. And you just like, and then it so worked. the commercial stuff, your husband's business, then commercial. And then how do you get into, into vacation rentals? Because that's, sure, that's quite yeah. a Well, I, I want to say this to your viewers. I don't know how, or listeners, I don't know how often you hear this, but again, we started in 05 and I, every single commercial loan I signed between 05 and 09 buying these properties, actually we've bought them since then, 7.8 APR. And they worked. Okay. So everyone, oh my gosh, six and a half percent. Like back in the eighties, it was a 15% APR and investors were still buying. And, you know, I educate my clients and also sellers all the time. I'm like, the, you know, as soon as the interest rate goes up, the price has got to come down and it still works. So I just want to give you that modicum of hope. So yes, it did work. And so my husband is a physician and he went into his own private practice so one day I want to tell you, we didn't have a whole, we were worried about retirement. We knew we had the buildings. And one day, one of his patients talked about this amazing trip to Europe that she did for three months. And he was like, how in the world? He, you know, and she said, oh, my mom paid for it. Well, how'd your mom pay for it? What does she do? And she goes, oh, my mom's a retired teacher. And my husband's like, what? But she turns out that right. my husband's like, what? Like he loves to kind of, you know, how are you doing things? And she said, but yeah, my, my dad. Bought, had 200 rental properties and my mom retired and does very well. And so my husband came home with that. This is years ago. He said, Julie, we're at rental properties. Like we're already kind of doing it, but we hadn't really focused on real estate as a retirement plan. It was more of a better way to work our money plan. But you know, you know we just had that mindset shift just immediately. It just, I always say it's like an ultimate truth. You know, you hear something and you just know it's an ultimate truth. And that's what that was when he came home that day and said, you know, they're retired really well. They have rental properties. I was like, we could do that. And we just figured it out. This is long before bigger pockets and all the education. I didn't need podcasts didn't exist. I just figured it out. I overpaid for my first one. I look like a genius today because it's worth so much more. But I'm thinking, oh, yeah, as long as, you know, the, the rent covers the mortgage payment, I'm good. I mean, that was my math on my first like single family <laughs> rental property. That's so bad, but it's true. I mean, I made all the mistakes. I really did. Was that a long-term rental or a vacation rental? It was a long-term rental. I, the furnished rentals came much later. I, we started in commercial and then we moved to single family long-term rentals. And um, I actually found a house that I really liked in a market that I really like here. It's called Richmond Hill. It's right outside Savannah. 
And, you know, going in, you start when you, I don't know if y'all can relate to this or not, but I looked at it as like, I'm going to buy a house that I could probably live in if I had to, you know, you're, it's not, it wasn't just about the numbers. So that's why I kind of stuck with the suburb where I was comfortable. Uh, whereas now I go charting into the hood, you know, and there aren't, there's no roof and windows. And I'm like, perfect. I'm home. You know, it's, it's like crazy how it changes. Cause now I look at the numbers. Um, but yeah, I actually found a property that I liked and it had a tenant inside and I was able to get a reduction on the price. But again, I was just focused. I knew how much the loan would be, the loan payment, and I knew how much she was paying in rent. And that's, I mean, it's so embarrassing to say that, but that was the math that I did at the time. And then once I paid a management company, I was going under every month by about $87. <laughs> and I was like, oh, but after I bought a few of those, that's when I said, I need a management company. So that I started the management company just to manage my own rentals. I had no intention of managing for anyone at that point because I had bought incorrectly and I had to fix that. <laughs> so yeah, I've made I a lot of mistakes. I love that, how, how resourceful because like that's, that's like, so to me, a couple of things that are very funny. I, I get that they're just looking at the, at the rent and the mortgage mm -hmm. is not as in detail of calculation as you should be doing. But it's already a beginning. And again, like, like you said, like if you have the willingness to figure it out, because a lot of people will look at that $87 a month loss and then be like, well, it is what it is, right? Instead, you're like, no, actually, you know what? I'm going to take this back. I'm going to manage it myself. So you start managing your own long terms. That's right. And then probably an ultimate truth arrived the second time where you're like, okay, with vacation rentals, I can really make money. Absolutely. That's so right. did you start you... transitioning your long terms to vacation rentals or was that a whole other, you started buying completely different properties? What was the story? Okay. Well, that's a, that's a great question. I um, know and answer your question and I still do buy long-term rentals and I still have quite a few of them in my portfolio, but I started the management company. So I sit there and I started the management company when I had two long-term rentals and then all the commercial. Cause I was like, I'm already managing property. How about, you know, I make it work. But another ultimate truth for me, I have to say, and I give all the credit, is Ziana McIntyre. I read the book years ago. It was one of Brandon Turner's books. I didn't know who he was, and it was about investing in railroad properties. And he kept talking about a podcast. And I said, what in the world is a podcast? This, this had to have been 2016, 2017, somewhere in there. So I started listening to their podcast, and Ziana McIntyre did one of their first um, episodes years ago. And she talked about Airbnb and I had heard of it, but again, didn't know that. And I said, well, gosh, this is crazy because I have a furnished house already. We live on acreage and we have a pool house. And it was already furnished and it sat empty most of the time. And my friends and family that came to Savannah always had their own house to stay in. And I just thought, oh, how wonderful, you know, that they can stay in that house. I never once thought about cash flowing on it. I, it just didn't enter my head. So when I heard Ziana McIntyre speak, I said, oh gosh, this is great because I kept running out of money for that down payment. You know, of course, I'm trying to save up 20%, 20%, 20%. And it was hard. I know you guys have been there. I was like, I've got to find a way to get cash. And so when I heard her speak, um, it really, again, was an ultimate truth. So I replaced the house already furnished. I replaced the front door because it needed it. And I put on an electronic lock. And I i mean, I probably invested $800 in that house. And I put it on Airbnb. And I was like, you know, this is kind of in a rural location. It, it's not like I live in the historic district of Savannah where the tourists go. I live, you know, on acreage. I was like, no one is going to book this sucker. And next thing I knew, I had five or $6,000. And I said, this is awesome. And I really enjoyed it. Let's go. <laughs> right. Like, it was just like money that I just, I mean, that's a lot of money you know, and, and it was all sitting in my Sid was here account. We know we, we weren't touching it. And I said, I was so excited. 
And so the crazy thing is, I know this, I, this is not typical, but because I live on Anchorage, we had another house on our property that we were using for storage for our businesses. And I was like, that's it. I'm furnishing that one. So I, I actually had two within about nine months. That second one took quite a bit of rehab. And then once I had two, I always tell people one buys two, two buys three, three buys four. So that's when I started with the furnished rentals. That's when I had two short-term rentals, I really had some cash flow uh, and I was able to buy at a very rapid pace. See, I want, I want to reiterate exactly what you said. You had two. And that was like game changer, right? Like you don't need, you know, I talk a lot about like at scale, it doesn't take, if you get a couple of good ones, like it can change your life. Like literally it's like life changing right. money. And well, I, think, I, I love the shared economy. Let me just jump in here. The only other thing that is super important that Julie said is the fact that she had money go into her investment account. Let's call it investment mm -hmm. account. Right? Yeah. So it's that willingness for a little bit for you guys to be like, okay, everything that this one makes goes into buying two. Absolutely. Everything two makes goes into buying three. Three into four. And then you get to a point that four are making so much money, then you buy five and some. Right. We've always so, said we're so living off this. This is gravy. I love it. And I always tell people, what do you have that you can cash flow on? You may not have a pool house, but everyone has something that they can cash flow on. We have two room. Like the shared economy has brought these amazing opportunities where you can cash flow on all kind of stuff that you have. You, people have assets that they don't realize. And that is what started me, really got me amped up in this business was just saying, what do I have that I can cash flow on? And I'm going to take that cash flow, like Manny said, and I will dedicate it 100% to buying more assets. And my assets are now buying me assets. And that's the truth. That's when it gets real fun, right? When you're, it does. when you're pat, when your residual <laughs> rental income starts buying you more properties at that point, like you just started the monopoly snowball down the hill. And now it's like, all right, game right. on. Absolutely. So. And it takes discipline. It was a lot of work. I mean, we did all the work ourselves at first. I mean, and I think everyone should do that. I mean, I can change out plugs and light switches and my husband does all the ceiling fans, you know, like you can make $5,000 go a long way in a rehab if you're doing the work yourself. I can paint like you would not believe, but that, uh, you know, it's necessity. <laughs> no, it's, it's true, but I, I do appreciate it because I, I came from that too, right? Like I was, I was a maintenance guy and I went through the whole experience and, and Mike posted this quote that day. It's just like, learn to go through the exercise and, and, mm -hmm. and not for nothing, but also for you to understand one to really value what the thing is, right? And like the, the hardship of it. For example, like if you want to appreciate your cleaners, go clean a, go clean a property. Oh, yeah. turnover, right? Like you want to appreciate your GC, go paint the house and see how well you painted yourself, right? Julie, when did you decide to manage other people's property? Because our story is very similar from that. It's like I manage my own stuff and then all of a sudden we're like, okay, maybe we should start managing other people's property. So when did that decision come and what does your team look like? Okay, yes, that's actually... It's actually a great story. I love stories. I think that's why I'm a short-term rental host. I love all the crazy stories. The, what got me into management is uh, cr crazy but true. I met this couple at the closing table. I bought a house from them. They were real estate investors. And he is actually a retired teacher with a very, he, I mean, by the, by the time he quit buying, he had a crazy portfolio. So um, there's this huge agent in town and she was their agent and I really wanted her business because I had learned very quickly that if real estate agents know about you, they'll call you and put people in your houses. 
So I was going after agents at that time just for my properties. Okay. This is, I again, no intention of managing for others. And I had, you know, a decent little portfolio at that point. So we're at the closing table. I have this older couple and I've got this agent over here that I'm, you know, trying to land. I always go over the plan and they never see me coming because I look like this dumb blonde, but I always, I always have a plan. So I was trying to sell the agent, but I'm talking to them, if you know what I mean. So they said, well, what, what do you plan to do with the house? Because I told them I already live here. And I said, well, it's going to be a long short. And they said, a what? <laughs> you know, and I said, well, I call it a long short. It's a long rental of a short-term rental, if that makes sense. So I, I said, I'm going to furnish it and I'm going to run it out 30 days or more. That's my favorite new model. Even though I have short-term rentals, I really like this, this long short model. And they said, no kidding. And they said, well, we have five Airbnbs. And I said, oh, awesome. You know, I'm like, that's great. Like, so they were telling me that they had these five Airbnbs in the historic district. And I was like, well, that's wonderful. So of course they share with me their website and I share with them my website, my slide cards to the agent because I'm really trying to hit the agent. But I stayed in touch with them and I really liked them very much. And it turns out they had another house on the same street, which was a multifamily, which they didn't mention at the closing table. So of course, as soon as I find this out, and these, at the time they're older, and uh, of course I had to have that other property because I'm really big on buying anything close to anything I own already. I want it all. You know, I'm playing Monopoly, right? We all are. So I went for that other house. I said, I really want to buy this house. I really want to buy this house. And he was comfortable with owner financing. Like he had done things like this before. And so um, we couldn't agree on price. He's like, no, I can get 20,000 more for it, whatever. I was like, okay, you know, this is my price. It's like, I, I'm very big on that. So anyway, one day I'll never forget. I was driving my son to school. He called me. He said, okay, I'll take your price and I will owner finance it for you. And I said, awesome. You know, thank you so much. And he said, well, there's just one condition. And I said, what's that? He said, you need to manage our five Airbnbs. And I was like, okay. Like I come from a place of, yes, I have a very hard time saying no. So, and I honestly, he just literally asked me that in my car one day. And I was like, okay. Cause I knew what I was doing. I already had the software. I already knew about, you know, dynamic pricing. Like, and I rolled in and kind of freaked them out. Cause they were not used to, you know, they were very old school. Like they come from the seven, you know, Saturday to Saturday bookings. So, and I still manage for this couple to this day. Like they are just the most lovely people. They have sold me additional properties. They've also not sold me additional properties because I wouldn't pay their number, but I still manage for them. And they actually launched me in that they gave me five at once. And then they told their friends, which was so wonderful. And um, I really have to give them a lot of the credit for my management company because they were just so good to me. And I, I adore them. They're just wonderful. i plan to manage for them till they sell everything. They're just awesome. But yeah, just very unexpected. What an awesome story. What was the idea behind the the long short? So did you do short-term rentals first or did you do like the midterm rentals first? Nope. I didn't know anything about a long short. Didn't, you know, I knew long-term rentals and then all of a sudden I had two short-term rentals, right? You know where those two short-term rentals were? They were in my backyard. And that's something that's, that's a calculation that, you know, isn't really monetary. <laughs> so I really didn't want people to stay in my backyard for a long time. I just didn't. I, I'll take it if the money's right, but it had to be really, you know, the right kind of money. Just because right. I, yeah. when they're right there, it's like, you're glad to have them, but it's okay when they go. You know, you just kind of like that it's a short stay because you just never know who you're going to get. Some of them were awesome. And some of them, I was like, when is your checkout? Great. You know, so I started getting requests for these longer stays and they were every, it was all for at the time only had the two short-term rentals. And I was like, no, I don't know you. I don't know that I want you here for three months. You know, that's a long time for someone to be across your driveway. 
It's just, and so I, I'm so girl. But again, I'm an entrepreneur. I saw a need. And in Savannah, we have, for years, we have had short-term rental certificates. Like we've been regulated forever. I don't stress about regulations. They're set in stone. Like I'm good. So where I was seeing the crazy good deals were in the area were in the areas where you couldn't do a short term rental. It was illegal. So um, I managed to get my ha- my hands on another portfolio, and I purposely bought a very inexpensive home. Of course, this is before bigger pockets. You understand? Nobody really knew about real estate investing. So I got some killer deals on houses where you I knew for sure I could not legally rent short term, and I was okay with it because I saw the need. And I, one of them was right next to a hospital. One of them was right next to all the industry in Savannah. And I'm sorry, the third was not too far from the hospital. It wasn't like right on, on top of it, like the first one, but two right near a hospital and one in, you know, near the port of Savannah, if that makes sense. And so I went and furnished those rentals knowing I would never short-term rent them and I never have. And they're still making cash to this day. I'm very proud of it. But yeah, those were my first three long shorts was in three different houses. And the rent at the time when I bought them, the rent was six fifty, and they're all bringing in around or more, over 3000 a month as long shorts now. Of course, prices have come up. Yeah, so I was quite uh, that's still amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, and I knew the market. And guess what? Nobody was doing it, okay? I was kind of the first in. I also saw a big advantage in two ones. I love a two-bedroom, one-bath because a lot of time with these long shorts, you get a couple traveling together or a single person and they don't need four bedrooms. You rarely see a family traveling for months at a time, you know, unless you see a group. So anyway, I just kind of, I'm kind of a hustler where I'm like looking for the need. What's your budget? I found out very quickly what travel nurses were getting paid in Savannah. You know, things like that. You need to know that. Like if you're going after a long short model, you need to know what the market, you know, is going to bear. So I kind of did my research and I don't know, I worked hard. (laughs) I got two follow-up questions on that because this is such a hot topic right now. And it's funny that like, you're like an OG of the midterm rental now. Yes. You know, so that's funny. Probably. Um, of the yeah. Marine Corps, baby. One is who who's kind of like your bread and butter travel demographic? Is it the travel nurses or are there certain traveler profiles that you find that tend to be the best mid Okay, that's guests? a great question. Okay, so when I first started, it was traveling professionals, maybe teachers and things, and travel nurses for sure. Then I got into movies. Once I got in with the movies, that was fantastic. That's part of what I wrote about in the bigger pockets. And they did actually shop around the name Long Short for that book, and it didn't do well in the when they looked at it. But I tried. Ziana was like, "I like the name." Anyway, she, she Ziana McIntyre, who I told you got me into short term models, she's the one that wrote the book, and, and she's a friend to the stamp. Really proud of that. But anyway, so it moved into traveling professionals. Then guess what? COVID hit. I totally had a heart attack. But what came out of COVID? digital nomads, which I knew about digital nomads, but now like half the country can work from anywhere. So in COVID, Georgia did very well. We never had a mask order. We really were, we were only shut down for about 30 days. But with my rentals, my short-term rentals, of course, my poor owners were freaking out. Well, I flipped them all into long-term stays. I extended the guests for free so that we had longer bookings and we did it legally. And, um, but yeah, now everyone can work from home. So they were all wanting to come to the coast and just get out of the cities. Well, guess who had a ton of inventory? I did. And I had the houses ready. I had this calendars open. And so that, you know, COVID really gave us another big push. And I just was in the right place at the right time with a huge inventory. 
and they came flooding through. It was, it was such a blessing. And I, you know, I don't want to take credit for it. It was probably more luck than anything. And I thought I was going out of business when COVID first hit. I'm sure y'all did too. But yes, now it's a lot of digital nomads. You always have people moving. I'm seeing less travel nesting now. I think it's gone down quite a bit. I always found, at least in my market, up near north of Boston, we get a lot of okay. nurses. Um, mm-hmm. But I find that the rates that they want to pay or that they're allotted are way less than I could get for different right. other travelers. Same. Like, sub, like half. Yeah. At, at least here. I don't know if that's the case in other markets, but it was like substantially that's less. Like I could rent it for more as a long-term rental than I could for what they wanted to pay for like 30 days for Okay, well, don't do that. Please don't do yeah, that. Obviously. But that is why what you want to have, though, in your portfolio, is if you want to appeal to travel nurses, I mean, right, they can't afford a luxury listing, but you want to have high and low options. And mm-hmm. that's where I've been able, like I said, I've, like I got these duplexes, you know, 138, and they were getting 650, 700 for rent. And when I furnished it and used travel nurses, I knew they could pay 2,200. So I set the rent 22,000, 2,100. So I still doing really well on it, but it's a lower end house. It's not like a luxury anything. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you got to have the stuff for that price point, but you got to pay the right price for that price point too. Yeah. They still cash very well though with travel nurses. The second thing, sorry, yeah, I just want to tag oh. tie this in. The second piece was, is since you have both the midterm and the short term and long term, is there anything that you do differently marketing wise, whether it's different OTA channels or the way that you write the listings or whatever that you found does better to attract the midterm rentals? The most important thing for your midterm rental or the count, cal- you've got to have an open calendar. Okay. That's the most important thing is setting yourself up. If you're going to take two night bookings, you know, in September and right now when we're talking, it's January, like you're going to shut that down. So the most important thing is having an open calendar, but you are going to see you know, like Expedia VRBO, you're not going to get longer stays. Expedia doesn't want anyone to stay over 28 days. They just don't. VRBO will allow it, but they're going to have to pay the entire stay up front. Airbnb's already set up right now. They have been for a long time to where they build a guest credit card into the future. So Airbnb, as far as an OTA is at this time, obviously things change, but right now they're your best bet for OTAs is Airbnb. And you want to make sure it says in the listing, long stays welcome, try to accept pets. You know, what are things that these travelers really want to have? I always put it in an office, extra monitor, a desk, a desk chair, high-speed internet, a mesh, a Wi-Fi system, you know, things where I kind of focus on the digital nomad. And I know the travel nurse is going to like that as well. What travel nurse does not want high-speed internet? They do. I'm really big on one modem per unit i that is something i pay extra for i know a lot of people that'll have duplexes and they'll just have one modem i don't like it I'm so I, I can get money yeah i tell them dedicated high-speed internet like i'm going for the that's where the big money is to be honest with you is the digital nomad but then if i i can always drop the price if i need to and get someone in cheaper so did i answer your question michael i think so yeah because i feel like we're on it, but like a lot of people talk about like Furnish Finder. It's like that's the end all be all for like midterm rentals and travel nurses and things like that. And for me personally, I haven't had a lot of bookings off it, maybe a couple in like what, five years, six years. So like it's not- a huge fan of the platform too. Like it's kind of like this, the same as VRBO. Like they're very badly made platforms. They're not very user friendly. Mm-hmm. They were built for a different purpose than like an Airbnb, Airbnb that tries to like create the experience on both ends. They're, they're yeah. marketing platforms. Like yeah, that's, yeah, that's what they are, you yeah. know. So it's a very, very different purpose. 
Yeah. But anyway, I just wanted to, to get that yeah. out there because it is a hot topic. And a lot of people ask, yeah. like, do I do something different? Like, how do I get these no, 30 and, plus? And that was my, my question was going to be very similar. was like, what are the actionable things that you can share with the listeners? They're like, okay, you have been doing mostly short term. So like that two to four days, maybe six days. And now you're like, okay, I want to give this a chance. What are some actionable, like actionable things that they can do? So obviously like add into Airbnb, like we accept longer stays, invest mm -hmm. in some of the longer stay things. I love the monitor idea. I'm the psychopath. Like if you listen to me when I went to Europe, I'm the psychopath that travels with a, with a screen. A lot right, of people my, do. Right. So I would love, also because like I've now gotten to the point that I, it's like my brain doesn't work if I don't have two screens. Like I have a really hard time working if I have only one screen. It's a very complicated thing that I got it myself into. So I would love that. I love the Wi-Fi thing. I think Wi-Fi is, honestly, guys, like it's not that much more money and you can bake it in and it's so worth it. Also from like a, my privacy kind of like yes. perspective, like if it's much more safe and much more private for you to give your guests their own, their own Wi-Fi, what else would you say people? can do or the other question is what are some other items that you end up buying or putting into the units that are not necessarily stuff that you put in the short short term but that you found are a big thing that you can add in the long term and make the guests feel like really really did yeah. did think okay you know? i want to go back to first runner because i didn't really address that first runner is great and it's actually very easy to be the best host on first runner because the ones that are on there are terrible typically, but you understand at the end of the day, we're in the business of marketing. Like that's our job, right? We're marketing these rentals. So you've got to market what you've got to the right people. And I would always recommend being on first runner, but what I would recommend, like for me in Savannah, I'm going to put two or three houses on first finder and they're going to be my cheaper ones because I know the market, right? I'm in marketing. I, I'm not going to put my $6,000 a month property on first finder because I know it's not going to rent. You can also put your phone number on there and they'll contact you directly. My struggle with First Finder is I'm really, I love dynamic pricing. And sometimes the house is cheap and sometimes the house is expensive. And I don't want to rent you something in July for what I would rent it to you for in November. Like I don't. So I struggle with that set price on start. That's probably my biggest issue. So that's where I end up setting my pricing in the middle. Because once you post that price, you need to stick with it or offer a different product that is that price, which is it's a little bit of a dance with First Finder. But I don't get a ton of business. I used to get a ton but to me, travel nursing is less. But yes, the office is a prime example of things you do want to add to attract the longer stays because someone that's in your short-term rental for the weekend, do they really need a desk and an extra monitor? Probably not. But I've talked to so many people like yourself, Manny, and they travel with a screen. I know people that travel with two screens and it's yeah. $135, okay? So again, I'm an investor. I'm here to make money. That's not that much money. $135 is one night, basically, we'll say. But I'm also in the business of marketing. So not only am I going to put that monitor in there, I'm going to whip that puppy. You are going to know there's a monitor. You're going to see that in the first two photos. It's going to be in the description. It's going to be everywhere I can put that. I'm going to market that because I'm marketing right to my guests. So you, you look at some of my titles, they'll say monitor, desk, mesh, Wi-Fi. If I can get it, I love, I forget what it's called. But yet, if I have a super high-speed internet, I put that in there. Always do the Airbnb screenshots. No, it's through it's through hard gray wireless here. That's just a local uh, company. It's like it's yeah. um for the mesh, we use the Nighthawk. The Nighthawk is quite okay. Cool. Yeah, that's like that's a modem, but yeah, for, modem mesh system. Yeah. Right. But it's a um I can't I think what it's called. I'll think of it later. But 
Fiber optic. Thank you. If I can get fiber optic, it's not that much more. And if you call the company, which I did, and you tell them that you're a property manager, which I am, I'm getting fiber optic internet for the ones that I can. It's not in every area. I'm getting it for less than what I was paying for Comcast. And the service is a thousand percent better. The reliability is a thousand percent better. Like, I don't know. I sound like a salesman. You know, but definitely put in fiber optic and don't just put it in. Tell everyone you put it in because you're in the business of marketing. So you got to go after that guest. They're going to look through your stuff and go, okay, well, Julie's places are kind of older, which they are, but she's got all this cool stuff that I need, you know? So anyway, always be thinking about who your target audience is and market to them specifically and don't even apologize for it. I love that. Well, before we get into the last question, first, I want to thank you and acknowledge you for coming on here because oh, no a, lot, a lot of great knowledge has been dropped and uh, I'm sure we could have you come back on another episode and continue to talk about all this good stuff and the hotels, which uh, unfortunately we didn't get to today. But before we get into the last question, I, again, I just want to say thank you for coming on here. And um, where can the listeners learn more about you and get more information about you and all the cool stuff that you got going on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my website is called Sid Was Here. I know it was in the bio, but my son has a squirrel rescue. So I started seeing squirrels every time I was buying real estate. And so anyway, I have I have this aversion to companies named after people. So I named mine after squirrels. So SidWasHere.com, I have a ton of free content on there. I actually have a course if you're interested on the long short method. I was featured in the 30-day state. I haven't read it yet. I need to get my hands on a copy. Bigger Pockets told me they were going to mail me one. I still haven't gotten it. So, but it is a great book. I can't recommend that book highly enough if you're interested in the model. But yeah, pretty simple. I'd love to, if I can be a service, I'm here. Love it. Love it. So the last question that we ask all of our guests is, what is your number one secret to success with short-term rentals or midterm in this case? Long shorts. My number, long shorts, baby. That's right. Probably my number one secret is just being, I'm just a big hustler. And when stuff comes, I pivot very quickly. I am not one to just sit around and think about stuff for eight months. If I see an opportunity, I go after it. And if I see trouble coming, I immediately do a pivot. Like I was telling you when things got shut down and my owners needed revenue, I said, how can we bring in revenue? I left my calendars open. We'd get a free night stay. I'd say, thank you, Miss Smith. We've now extended you to a 30 night stay for free. So I'd change it, you know, just stuff like that. Like, you have to pivot very quickly in this business. It's a very high tech, you know, quick moving business. So I think that's what I like about it though. Love it. Love it. Well, Julie, thank you again so much for coming on here. Truly appreciate you. And uh, we will be in touch. All right. That's it for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will talk to you guys soon. Hey, STR Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes, and we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.